Servus. Danny Se- O'Dwyer. Servus. Se- servus. 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 Yes. Uh, that is a specific general greeting used in Austria and Bavaria. What, what, because we're not in regular old Germany. We're in a German-speaking place called Austria, Danny. That's true. So that's an Austrian, like, that's a local word, they A say. colloquialism? A colloquialism, if you will. I'm like, so happy I pronounced that correctly. Like, <laughs> that like, almost never uh, comes out right. Top of the morning to you. Right, like the like Scottish say. Oh, like <laughs> yeehaw, right? Yep. That's what you all say when I moved over here, got in the cab, fresh off the boat, and I said to the cab driver, Yeehaw, take me down to the Paradise City. And he said, Sir, I was born in Nigeria. What are you talking about? And that was my American experience. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. I am Drew Scanlon. I am Daniel O'Spaniel. Uh, and uh, and we're here to talk about Formula One because it's the we're in, right in the middle of our triple header. <laughs> oh, no. I think this is the I, I heard in passing. I don't know where that this is the first time this has happened in like decades. I think or, it's the first time it has ever? happened. Yeah, yeah that's maybe. what the commentators were saying. Right, first time we've had a, a three race uh, in a row in in ever. Which I guess it was bound to happen eventually. They kept cramming in new races every year. Yeah, Liberty, Liberty loves them some races and yeah, only wants sure. more. I guess. Uh, and we're, we're in Europe for the for the sort of foreseeable as it happens. Um, yes. We're just well, we're bouncing not around. But no, we're not. We're very much in in the United States of America. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> America. Yeah. Um, uh, how are you doing? You you have been all over California this past week, right? I really have. Away. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I was in LA for E3, then I came back up to San Francisco, and then I went back to LA again, nice. Anaheim specifically for VidCon. Oh, uh, VidCon. Video conference. Video conference. Video it's, conferencing. It's, it's the hot new it's, thing. <laughs> it's, it's big thousands of people on Skype. <laughs> That's it's right. I, I shouldn't have even gone there. I should have just Skyped in. Can I can I make a bold a bold claim, Drew Scanlon? What's up? I would say that perhaps you were the biggest Formula One influencer at VidCon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. You cannot. I I can't guess how many times I heard the word influencer at VidCon. There's yeah. a lot of that going around. The, the I bet the only other person I can think of is uh we got that tweet a couple of days ago. There was some Formula Two driver playing uh. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on Twitch. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, there's said, a, yeah, there's actually there's a few. I mean, I've <laughs> I've heard of a lot of uh, pro sports people, athletes, we'll call mm. them, uh, who do who do that. There's a, I think there's a couple of uh, players for the San Francisco Giants that uh, that stream online. There was a oh, I, I'm forgetting who it was. Scott Speed, I think, was oh, really? playing iRacing, and he's the one who kept running into people and got banned. <laughs> That's true. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, the uh, Formula or um, Formula One, the UFC fighter, um, he streams a lot. He plays lots of video games. He plays okay. PUBG and Fortnite. There you go. Esports and real sports. What do we call real right. sports or sports? Reality sports. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk uh, about some reality racing, Drew. The the realist in France, Danny. Bonjour. Let's talk about some races. You watched this uh, live, right? I did, yes. But actually, I want to talk about qualifying first. First okay. of all, uh, Charles Leclerc, my boy, getting yes. into Q3. The first time a Sauber has done that since 2015. Pow, pow, pow. And because of Grosjean being Grosjean, he starts eighth. 
Yeah, um, I, I feel like he's not long for this team. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, is the impression Grosjean or Leclerc? Oh, I, I was actually talking about Leclerc, but but who knows? Um, I actually missed qualification. What happened with Grosjean? Sorry, World Cup has been taking up my... my, uh, my I had to push qualifying and, and practice out of my di- my weekly routine well, this now time. now we know where your priorities lie, Danny. <laughs> uh, uh, what happened I, with I, Grosjean? Uh, he uh, apparently just lost it somewhere um, and hit the wall. He even oh. said after the afterward uh, he didn't know what happened. Um, it's not a good sign. Just yep, that's probably the worst thing. Honestly, you could say when you crash, you could at least say like I know I did something wrong or mm. here's something very specific that happened. But when you just shrug, that I don't know that that's yeah, probably just, hard for the team to take. Yeah, it must have been just grip then. If his brakes didn't lock up or anything, then. I guess it's just driver error at that stage. Unless complaining about something on the track, but I guess they would have spotted that. It's a good thing there's uh, lots of runoff on this uh, on this circuit. There certainly <laughs> is. And there's, so um, if you've seen like a shot of the circuit from above, or really, I guess any shot of the circuit, there's uh, these lines, these colored lines that kind yeah. of radiate outward. Um, and they look like a cool design, uh, red, white, and blue for France. Mm. But um they also are apparently this special compound that slow cars down. Right. Uh, okay. They basically do the job of gravel, but without having gravel. And right. you can see it in Grosjean's um, crash and qualifying. It actually happening as he right. skids off the track. It was really wild. I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah, I mean, either did I. I. I talked about it a bit, a little bit last week about how this is such a sort of a, a weekend racers track. Like it's it's quite yeah. Uh, popular in the south of france for as well as other racing disciplines as you were saying as well so it kind of makes sense uh, i guess i i was getting mad circuit of the america vibes off of it though uh, just because there is that one section uh, at the sort of like tail end of section sector one in circuit of the americas that has that same sort of pattern yeah and i think maybe in the end of sector three right after the arena section it has it as well um turns out you guys have the same uh color flag so that's right work, works yep. out Yes. Uh, so that I guess those are the only really notes I have from qualifying. Uh, I guess I'll run down the grid here. Lewis Hamilton on top, uh, right behind him, his teammate Valtteri Bottas. Uh, then it's Sebastian Vettel, followed by Max Verstappen and Daniel mm. Ricciardo, uh, and then Kimi Raikkonen in sixth right. place. I feel I feel like we we keep seeing that. I feel like we, we it is now Kimi in sixth is the sort of standard thing. Yes. He's Isn't like, that interesting? Yeah, like Vettel is really outperforming him on a on a consistent uh, uh, basis and and significantly so as well. So, yeah, like I, I, I said, Charles Leclerc not long for <laughs> Sauber. Yeah, I think if if Ferrari doesn't take him next year, they're I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, he he is worth pointing out. Charles Leclerc is a uh, driver in the Ferrari Junior program, so mm. this isn't just wild speculation. There's a there's kind of a, a feeder. Uh, there's a trajectory for him to right. Ferrari as opposed to some other team. Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. starts seventh, followed by Charles Leclerc. In ninth is Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosjean. Got to Q3, but crashed mm. before he could set a time. Uh, in 11th is Esteban Ocon, followed by Nico Hulkenberg. Sergio Perez in 13th, followed by Pierre Gasly. Then we got Marcus Ericsson in 15th. Fernando Alonso starting in 16th. And behind mm. him is his teammate, Stoffel Van Dorn in 17th. McLaren not having a great weekend. No. Uh, Sergei Sorotkin and Lance Stroll are behind them, followed by Brendan Hartley, who is uh, starting from the back of the grid due to a power unit change. Right. 
Uh, you want to take uh, us through the start, Danny? Sure. I mean, probably the best person who did the person who did the best out of the start uh, was actually Brendan Hartley. He he managed to to gobble up a bunch of uh, uh, spots right from the off, although it didn't really seem to matter <laughs> maybe uh, in the end. Um, I guess all eyes on 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 the battle kind of between Botas and Vettel because for whatever reason, I think Hamilton has been so consistently good off the the starting starting blocks. Like, do you remember previous seasons where like every single race we were looking at the lights going out? Like who? Like who, for whatever reason, like drivers just weren't getting it. They weren't launching as well as they should. There was like I think a couple of times where Botas qualified first and just had bad starts. Yeah, um, there was there was I a lot was of a that clutch going on. problem or something. They yeah. changed something about the clutch. There was yeah, there was some sort of um, reason anyway. I think it was last season, maybe the season before, where it just wildly inconsistent starts. For whatever, I was just ruminating on it um, uh, as the lights were going out. I was thinking like, this, I'm kind of not really worried about Hamilton here. Like he no. always, every year they always seem to get uh, get off. And what I was kind of mostly looking at was the battle between Bottas and Vettel, just because again, the, the I don't know, Sebastian always seems to have the edge on getting a bit of grip in his tires for whatever reason. I'm not not really sure what it is. Um, That's that uh, reminds me of. Uh, I think it was uh, it was him and Mark Webber when they were teammates. There was some analysis that somebody did. Maybe it was Red Bull themselves, but they basically uh, wanted to answer why Vettel was always getting better starts than right. Mark Webber. And I think the conclusion was that Vettel can just feel uh, tire spin better than Webber does. So he right. has this like sixth sense uh, that not everyone has. So right. maybe that explains it. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's been pretty wonderful at it his entire career. So um, maybe Hamilton's just got that same little gene as well. I don't know. Um, as it happens, though, Lewis is kind of away. He's he's doing all right. And then the biggest problem or the biggest issue happens almost with Vettel's. Vettel's star was almost too good. <laughs> he ends up sort of uh, sitting on the back of um, Hamilton's uh, power unit, uh, unable, obviously, to get past him, and then kind of edging past Valtteri on his right, Um but because he needs to sort of break earlier because Lewis is in front of him, um, uh, Valtteri ends up squeezing ahead of him. And then I wouldn't say that Vettel broke late. I would say his breaking zone was later. Uh, Valtteri came in uh, and I guess he didn't, he didn't, like he was kind of driving as if Botas wasn't going to be there or something. Yeah. Um, and he ends up basically. Um, taking uh, uh, Bottas out and uh, yeah he's got to slam on the brakes yeah he has, to, he has to slam on the brakes because of Bottas coming in and he locks him up and then just skids yeah. into the into one of Bottas's tires spins him uh, spins Bottas Vettel ends up cruising ahead Max Verstappen yeah. uh, sort of sees the whole thing happening ends up taking an escape road uh, you know I think he just <laughs> cuts a turn right yeah he, effectively he just kind of like skips past everyone else um, almost catches up at Hamilton actually and kind of slows down a little bit so it doesn't look too bad for Charlie Whiting I think um, uh, Vettel is limping away with some sort of issue because he's already getting gobbled up by the rest of the pack so they reckon it's some sort of front wing problem uh, yeah he's actually dragging his front wing and oh, was he really almost under his tire like that that could have been like if he would have that would have come off he could have punctured a tire and maybe not have been able to make it back to the pits but he does and on top of that, I, I never found out what it was, but there was a bit of debris kicked up before that happened on the main straight, but I'm not sure who hit who. There was a t- slight bit of, um, like, uh, it wasn't a wing, it was just a piece of uh, assembly popped up 
in the oh, background. You're right, yeah. Right in remember. the middle of the pack. I don't think they ever addressed it. Because I remember when it happened at the start, I was like, oh, we'll, we'll find out about that. But then five or six different incidents happened um, and nobody seemed to care. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure if it contributed to anything that happened afterwards. Um, but the sort of the next issue was was that between, was it Hartley hitting O'Conn? Yes. How did this one ended up sort of... So Brandon Hartley had... had where was where did O'Conn qualify again? Uh, O'Conn qualified in 11th. Boy, 11th. you're right. So Hartley has gobbled up, like, places by that it, it could be that O'Conn lost a few, too. But. Perhaps, yeah. But they were definitely not at the back of the pack when that when that incident sort of no. uh, happened. Um, so uh, the the thing I remember happening is is there's a, there's a spin. I actually saw... It looked like I saw Vettel hit... I think one of the hosses or something. They never referred to it. But I think it was Grosjean went wide. He went out onto the runoff area. And I saw in a replay, and I never saw any, any of the commentators mention it, that Vettel seemed to tap his rear his rear wheel. And that, I think, shut, like straightened him up or something. I don't know what happened. Or it might huh. have been, you know, it might have been Kimi, actually. I'm not quite sure. But one of the Ferraris definitely tapped him, um, which made him uh, go out. But uh, Hartley and Ocon was just another one of these like inside break just ends up taking him out right yeah um and actually rips the tire off of uh okan's wheel the wheel right. like the, the i don't know what you call it the the, the metal part the spokes are still attached <laughs> to his car spokes, yeah. uh but the rubber was ripped completely off yeah rolls off like 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 clown car or like not clown car, but like Keystone Cops, you know what I mean? Like like yeah. there's a like car crashes and, and off rolls a tire, um, which obviously is not meant to happen. I guess that it doesn't really matter then if the rest of the wheel stays on, then the then the bars are doing their job. What are they called again? The the the, the piece tethers of that they have, the te- yeah. yeah, are doing their job. But I guess just the the, the the you know happens to us all. Every once in a while, the rubber slips off. Um, <laughs> so unlucky for him. Uh, end of his race. Yeah, man, Hartley just cannot buy a break. Yeah, nightmare. Um, uh, Ocon out as well, obviously with the with the wheel. Uh, Vettel limps back to the pits, gets himself. Yeah, so does a, Botas. And a new, yeah, and Botas does too. So um, we get a safety car pretty much like d- deep into the second sector, and uh, and everyone slows up again. So it's second second race in a row for that madness. Yeah, which Big incident. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine with it as long as it makes things interesting. And I guess it did make the rest of this interesting because we got to watch Sebastian Vettel gobble up the pack again. Yeah. Um, I will say that quite how easily he gobbled up everyone was a bit of a disappointment. Um, (laughs) Especially because he was on soft tires. Yes. The hardest compound. That's true. Um, He he pitted, obviously, on the first lap, I guess, um, for his one. Um, And then sort of tire strategy weighed his his way to victory. or his way past a bunch of people, including the, the moment I remember was the bit when Ricardo came into the pits um, and suddenly Vettel's in front of him. And I was like, Jesus, how does he, how does he manage to do this? And there was a couple of things that happened before the race where uh, the drivers apparently were complaining about that little um, section I mentioned last week, the, the bit that splits up the biggest straight in the F1 calendar. Yeah. Um, and then that also ended up being a spot where a lot of overtaking happened. Like... It was sort of like perfectly lined up so that there was enough space on that DRS zone to, to, to get past people there. Um, and then whoever overtook was generally flying ahead after that. Uh, was there any other incidents that sort of stuff that piqued your interest or, or, or moments of the races? I watched this I mean, on the F1 TV app, which, sorry, I'm rambling a bit, but the F1 TV app, I was watching it on and the commentary was about two seconds off. 
Really? So, yeah, and I, this is the second time this has happened to me as well. So if, if someone can email in, let me know if this has happened to you as well, because I'm not sure if it's my settings or what's going on. But the there was like a good like two second difference behind, so the the commentary was happening after the fact, which is better than the other way around, I guess. Um, which made it kind of difficult to watch a bit, especially at the start when everything was kicking off. Wow, uh, I, I've been using like watching on ESPN and using their app. Right, uh, and I've been uh, having no problems. Although ESPN does does do that thing that I, I still cannot believe that they do. They put the picture of who won the race as the oh. thumbnail for the race replay. So you have to. I have to like. I use an Apple TV, and I have to like cover you know sixty percent of the screen while I'm browsing it. I used uh, to do that for uh, UFC. I used to squint. <laughs> okay. I yeah. Sometimes Which, I unfocus my eyes, although yeah. it's tough when you know a big red car or a big right. silver car. I I had this one spoiled actually in I thought two ways. One was that the um uh the F one Twitter account as I was going to I was I woke up I just slept in I woke up and then said oh I'll just put it on the app right now and I opened it up and my Twitter opened up and it was a picture of the winner standing on a podium. So I was like, well, that's a bummer. At least I didn't see anyone else. And then I went into the F1 app and they had like, it ended up not being the time at the end of the race, but I thought it was. It had the car, the driver standings on the right of the screen as if I just tuned into the end of the broadcast and they had like the final race times. It ah. ended up actually not being that, but I, I noticed some names at the top. And for the rest of the race, I thought that Stoffel Van Dorn had come second. And I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up like spoiling it in that it didn't really spoil the race, but it sort of set me up with this weird expectation of what was going to happen. Um, but I guess that's probably mostly my own fault. Well, but maybe it is contributing to you having not liked the race. It sounds like you were pretty down on on this yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. I just it was it was watch Sebastian catch up with everyone all over yeah. again, and then and then and then nobody catches Lewis. It just reminded me of a of you know races of old a little bit, and then whoever comes second and third, it's it, this is such a two horse race this year, um, and I'm not particularly interested in the Red Bull kimmy battle that's going on i guess i will be a little bit long later in the season it just seems a bit like kimmy's probably going to retire anyway so whatever and uh max and, and ricardo you know has calmed down a bit since baku so uh, there's just for whatever reason the narratives the only narrative that is really popping out this year is will grosjean get his act together and uh you know hartley's probably going no matter what anyway and uh Lewis and and Sebastian is kind of the one thing that's going on, and I never expected Seb to catch him. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, twenty twenty. I hate to be like, I hate for this to sound like I'm down on twenty eighteen. I think this is actually a really good season, mm. um, but twenty nineteen looks to be cr- like potentially really nuts because if Leclerc goes to Ferrari, if uh, McLaren gets their act together, Red Bull going to Honda. Right uh, engines, um, you know what's happening with Haas, what's happening with you know uh, <laughs> Sauber and Williams. What do they do? Um, yeah, um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm 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 really enjoying the races. Like, generally, Ricardo? yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. That whole thing between the two of those, like, will will he stay? Won't he stay? Because it's been a couple of years now. Um, yeah, I, I am enjoying the races. I think maybe the past two races have been a little bit. It's like less interesting than the ones prior to them, um, Canada and, and France, but <laughs> and uh, Monaco, 
Yeah, actually, I'm, yeah, fair. Monaco's kind of just Monaco, right? Like, it's, it's kind of the way... I guess, no, that's not fair. Maybe there there are good Monaco races, but yeah, that's fair to say. Like, the past three have not been particularly interesting, but even outside of that, oftentimes when there are boring races, if there's a really good title battle going on, I'm sort of into it. And even then, also, I'm kind of not that interested in either Hamilton or Vettel winning another championship. Like, I guess I'm interested in Vettel winning the championship more than Hamilton again. Um so yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm just uh, some of the spice that I usually get that gets me through those boring races. I, I just I wasn't really experiencing um, with these guys. We'll see how that changes though as the season progresses. Yes, uh, but before we move on to the rest of the season, Danny, uh, two more items here. Perez retires on lap thirty. Mm. Uh, I forget why, um, and Stroll yeah. goes out with a tire uh, explosion that the commentators mm. surmised was due to him. Uh, they were old and he, he locked him up and, and flat spotted him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Perez knew why he retired at the time either. They just pulled him in. Oh, I think it was an mm-hmm. engine problem. Well, yeah, they were like, he came into pit and, and then they just surprised. No one's putting new tires <laughs> totally. on your car. And then he was like, yeah. what? Oh, they, they wheeled him into the garage. It was like, Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> yeah. That was a bummer. Um, but yes, Lewis Hamilton does win the French Grand Prix out in front, yes. uh, and second place, Max Verstappen gets by Kimi Raikkonen in the, or, uh, does not, Kimi Raikkonen does not get by Max Verstappen. No, uh, he did get past Danny though, sadly. He did, yes. Uh, Ricardo having some issue. I don't know that they elaborated on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kimi yeah. in third, rounding out yeah, the podium. Because I think I was expecting that to be a little bit more of a battle than it ended up being. Um, yeah, can be sort of, especially. I mean, especially where Ricardo's had problems before in Monaco, for instance, and he managed to. I guess it's easier to make your car wide in Monaco than it is in the Paul Circus Paul runoff. Daniel <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ricardo came in fourth place. Sebastian Vettel in fifth. Uh, which is pretty impressive considering he was at the back of the field at one point. Uh, Kevin Magnussen in sixth, Valtteri Bottas in seventh, uh, Carlos Sainz in eighth, Nico Hulkenberg in ninth, and Charles Leclerc does hold on to a points-paying position. Uh, although I, I wish the commentators would have like tracked him a little more because I don't really know right. why he dropped from eighth, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I would guess that it had something to do with um, grip. Just yeah. near the end of the race, just maybe that those early pit stops, a couple of folks were, were struggling a little bit on that. Yeah, it could be an undercut-overcut hmm. situation. Um, but behind him in 11th is Roman Grosjean, Mr. 11th place. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn in 12th, Marcus Ericsson 13th, Brennan Hartley 14th. Uh, Sergei Sorotkin in 15th, Fernando Alonso dead last in 16th, and Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon, and Pierre Gasly uh we're dnfs yeah although i think lance Stroll was technically uh classified as a finisher right i keep whenever you say grosjean i always i always want to say it's at his home grand prix but of course he's not french but it turns out if you are french in this race you don't get to finish um the race grosjean's not french no he's swiss i think he's swiss isn't he i mean it's a flexible he races under the french flag yeah. Oh, yeah. Born in Geneva. Yeah, I guess he but does. Like, race, you're right. He does race under the French flag. Verstappen yeah. races under the. Uh, or is it Verstappen that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Well, one, under what? Uh, the uh, Netherlands flag, but he was born in Belgium. Oh, was he really? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, and Hasselt. And I guess, uh, I'm not sure who are our Monegasque friends. Does he, does he, he's probably underneath the French flag as well. But um, Ocon, obviously, he, French as well. He retired. And who else? Leclerc, I guess, as well? Leclerc is Monegasque, and he does race under the Monaco flag. So. Oh, he does. Okay, who else yeah. retired? Uh, Gasly. Gasly, French as well. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, with a name like Pierre. <laughs> Very true. It's like Paddy for Irish people. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, that's France. I don't know. Say ça. It, the first time we had Baku, we were down on it, and then it, things went nuts. So that's true. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't miss. Do I blame the track for this? I don't. I don't. I don't know. We had a. I don't. I don't know. I hate being negative at all because obviously people listen to this podcast and we want to have a fun time and, and regale each other with our weird little sports that none of our relatives or close friends know anything about. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I also, I also think that perhaps I'm, I'm having such like a heroin high about the World Cup on a daily basis that perhaps ah. the coffee hit of F1 in the morning just didn't get me high enough <laughs> get me to reach those <laughs> ethereal planes um uh which it's obviously a different mentality different sport it's like it's like comparing baseball and 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 you know the 100 meters dash or whatever um but uh yeah i uh i don't know I, I i'm hoping some of the you know i was way more interested in watching uh the Red Bulls back when they were at each other's throats, you know what I mean? Or I was interested in watching the Ferraris back when Kimi could actually contend a little bit more. So yeah. I think Botas and Hamilton was always interesting, but when Botas gets spun out at the start, it's like, you know, it always, for whatever reason, I think, um, it may, might also have something to do with the fact that we've had so many races back to back. Because even outside of this triple, we've had like quite a lot of uh, uh, racing in the past couple of, in the past couple of months. So yeah, true. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, onwards to the next race, which is on not that far, probably within 400 miles or 300 miles or so, I imagine. Uh, a stone's you, throw. Yeah. Have you been to Austria before? You've been to Austria. I have yeah? been to Austria, yes. Yeah. It's lovely. I, there are, not, like, you can't, sometimes you cannot imagine that where you are is reality. It just looks like a postcard. I have never been in the summertime. Okay. I've only been in the winter, but I've been to, like, Bavaria in the summer which is i imagine somewhat similar mm-hmm. um but uh you, you did you go in the summertime yes it's inc- it's yeah it's a beautiful have you ever been to winter uh the uh fall i guess okay cool i was there um, for uh thanksgiving austria because the alps sort of the tail end of the alps rest there um is you know one of the destinations for european skiers obviously you growing up in california you were going to to tahoe and whatnot mm-hmm. um uh, I went there uh, one time for snowboarding in uh, Obertorn, which is quite close to Salzburg. It was absolutely beautiful. Wow. I'd love to go back. Um, the Rebel Ring is sort of uh, not the, necessarily that direction, sort of plumb in the center of the, the country, away from all the big cities. Um, uh, it's uh, an interesting track. It was called the uh, the Ostreicht Ring, which I believe is the Austria Ring. <laughs> Jason Ostreicher's ring. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, totally. A-Striker's surname means what? Just Austrian man? Austrian, yeah. Austrian, that's amazing. Um, it's the uh, the fastest, or fastest, I guess, shortest lap in the circuit. It's about 70, or in the, the calendar, it's about 70 seconds long. It's shorter than Monaco, would you believe? Um, wow. It's only, nine, it's only nine turns, so it's... I, I don't think I realized that. That's, that's yeah. amazing. 
it's a super super short track um uh, it's quite high up it's uh, about 700 meters above sea level so it's sort of the first like high altitude challenge for the power units so the uh, the turbos work a little bit harder um it's a bit more of a strain on the mguk as well uh it's relatively fast 220 kph they sort of reach uh it's pretty easy on brakes because there's only really three major braking events in the entire track um essentially the the turns in the middle of it um turns three through eight are taken at like third fourth gear anyway so um there's not all that much braking going on at all um and it's uh it's got quite a lot of topographical change the uh the second turn um once once they're sort of uh they've done the straight uh the next turn it's kind of like a reverse circuit of the americas it's a big big uphill um uh, elevation uh except in tur- instead of turning left at the top and it's not quite a hairpin there's a right hand turn and uh, it's not as not as sharp as as uh, as, as coda um two drs uh, uh zones in this one basically right after they reach the tip of the hill there were the there's now three Oh, have they added one here as well? Yeah, I don't know why they wait until the last minute to tell us about this. Uh, huh. but there are three. The whole, basically, the whole circuit is a DRS zone at this point. I'm guessing between turns one and two is where they've added it, uh, or is it, or is it in the back? Is it the, the the back end between seven and eight? Oh, this I is wonder. a very small graphic here. Do you know what? You know what? I was, I was, yeah, one I, and two was, between one and two. Between one and two, that's mental. That means there's three DRS zones back to back. Yeah, that's it's like what the start a DRS zone a turn a DRS zone a few more turns a DRS zone and then back to the start. That's and so each DRS the second and the the first and second DRS zones are also then the uh, detection zones for the second and third DRS. Yeah. Okay. So yes, you're right because there are there are two turns separating three drs zones yeah it's drs zone turn drs zone turn drs zone that's insane that's very interesting uh so i guess they've added the the first one to the like you said the 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 longest straight of the track which is um interestingly after the first turn which you it's not this isn't a very common thing that happens in in f1 usually there's a a couple of turns before you get to the big one again or or in the usual case the start finish straight is usually a pretty long piece of track in its own right um so it's interesting there's a little bit of a wobble on that uphill section uh just by nature of being uphill most likely um but uh it's interesting that there's a drs zone on a hill i don't think we've ever seen that before Huh. They, okay. they tend to be like when I think about some of the biggest hills in F1 I'm thinking of Spa Frankenchamp I'm thinking of Coda because um, there's no DRS on the start finish straight in Circuit of the Americas I don't think because they've got that really long one at the back but who knows this year there might be because they keep adding uh, <laughs> DRS it's really the DRS feel, in the pit lane I'm so embarrassed that there's one on this one because I was doing my notes uh, yesterday and I was like Oh, I wonder if they added a new DRS zone to this one as well. Ha ha ha. No fucking way. It's the shortest track in the circuit and it already <laughs> has two DRS zones. Why would they want to make this lap time any shorter? Uh, and there you go. So the qualification design, well, I guess it doesn't matter in quality because they can use DRS whenever they want. But, um, yeah, so that's that's bizarre. So I guess, I'd, you know, in that case, what I would say is that most likely places where there are going to be overtakes are the entrance to turn one, the entrance to turn two, and the entrance to turn three. <laughs> um, the rest of the circuit, once, they, once they're sort of done with turn three, uh, is a sort of a, a relatively slow downward sloping uh, 
almost like a large arena section sort of folds in on itself uh, lots of uh, fast corners um should be places for overtakes but on those corners um at least going into turn eight or something but when there's that many drs zones it's kind of hard to find a reason to overtake anywhere else because you're gonna arrive at a drs zone in a couple of turns uh time and you don't want to have somebody nipping at your heels necessarily Hmm. yeah so that's interesting i wonder if it'll make much of a difference it didn't seem to make a difference in canada no uh yeah it's (laughs) and maybe it contributed to more of a procession who knows i mean yeah who knows like you would think it wouldn't because you would hope i guess what they're this probably speaks to the whole problem you were talking about last week with you know the new front wing stuff and all the new you know aero changes that they're making to simplify that stuff just because of all this dirty air that's getting kicked back like maybe that's what they're trying to mitigate but it's not doing it i wonder mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if somebody does like a breakdown um of why they're adding these drs zones and why it's either working or not working i guess we'll find out on sunday if it if it did here um but it's a fun track i i generally i'm not sure it's only been back a couple of years obviously it was used years ago when it was called the Ostrike ring the a1 ring it's now known as the uh the red bull ring colloquially you'll see it a lot on red bull promotional stuff um uh but uh yeah we'll have to see the the weather's usually good up there for the past couple of years at least so um yeah, it it looks to be just balmy uh, mm. for both qualifying and uh, race days. Um, maybe some rain on practice day, but uh, cool. yeah, mid seventies for both days. Or if you're Celsius, uh, low. I gotta 20s. guess twenty one. Yeah, we'll yeah, twenty four, twenty three. Um, very low chance of precipitation on qualifying day, uh, and uh, let's see, decent amount of wind actually, eight, seven, Ooh. eight miles an hour, or. Uh, you know, 11, 12 kilometers an hour. So it's the I music, get a tailwind somewhere. That's right. Come, coming down off those hills. Just uh, like the Nazis. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, Pirelli's Spielberg preview. Um, we got asphalt grip at two, downforce at three, <laughs> abrasion at one, braking at four, uh, and lateral at three. And we got uh, yeah. soft, super soft, and ultra soft, soft tires. Soft, 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 soft. 71 laps. That's a whole lot. It's a, a lot of laps. How many is Monaco again? Something like that. I was going to say 72, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, I actually thought... You're, that's why I'm wondering, because I actually think it's more. It's a 78. Boy. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, should we take you to the news, Danny? Hey, Drew. Let's take it to the news. Uh, not a lot in Formula One news, actually. Uh, that's because just, uh, two days have passed. That's right. <laughs> um, it's looking, though, like there will not be, a, yet again, uh, a German Grand Prix for 2019. Mm. My, oh, my. Uh, I think Hockenheim Ring is targeting 2020. Uh, but there m- are still rumblings about Miami in 2019. Welcome so. to Miami. Uh, yes. Are they talking street circuit or are they talking... Um, It'd be a street circuit, yeah. It Although it is apparently also fraught with um, negotiations. Right. There are, you know, certain... Uh, it's It costs a lot of money to put on one of these and uh, some people don't want to pay that. So, um, yeah. understandable. I, I understand that, especially as Miami has, I would guess, six appropriate motor speedways within... 200 miles of the city 
<laughs> there's like so many tracks down there um I like the idea of it because it means that that Hitman level I played will be even closer to real life. Um, and also, we might as well have a race in Miami while it's still above sea level. So, <laughs> Yeah, get it in while you can. Yeah. Um, Susie Wolf, who uh, folks may remember or uh, as, a, as a Williams test driver, she's also mm. the wife of Toto Wolf, team principal for Ferrari. Who she knew? is those, now... <laughs> those two wolves are related. <laughs> yeah. She is now a team principal. Yes. uh, Of the Venturi Formula E team. That's pretty cool. Uh, Effective immediately, apparently. Uh, Wolf will see the team through the doubleheader season finale in New York City on uh, 14 and 15 July. You can tell this press release was written by Europeans. Uh, (laughs) On to the first race of season five uh, on 15 December 2018 in Saudi Arabia. Oh my have god, we, really? Have we talked about this yet? No, where are they doing it? Uh the capital. Oh my god. Of Saudi Arabia, which is which is starts with an R. Ra I know this. It's Rad. Yep. Riyadh, Riyadh. Riyadh. R I Y A D H. Yes, it's Riyadh. All right, there you go. So that's that's happening. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll just segue right into this one. Uh, Saudi Arabia lifted its ban on women driving cars. Have they lifted their ban on women having being team principals? <laughs> Probably not. Well, um, but on the, find, the, the very same day, uh, a Saudi woman drove an F1 car. Oh, that's rad. That's really cool. Yeah. In, in France. Not She's... She lives in France. Uh, this from Jalapnik.com. Before the oh, I saw Formula this, One yeah. French Grand Prix at the Circuit Paul Ricard, Asil Al Hamad became one of the first Saudi women to drive a car to celebrate the end of the ban on women driving in the Gulf Kingdom. And she did it behind the wheel of a 2012 Renault F1 car. Al Hamad is an interior designer and businesswoman. In France, she wasn't subjected to the ban directly, but she wishes to represent a future for Saudi women, both in everyday life and in motorsport as well. As she told Reuters, quote, I believe today is not just celebrating the new era of women starting to drive. It's also the birth of women in Saudi Arabia. Uh, The most important thing I'm looking forward to is to start seeing the next generation, young girls trying motorsport. I want to watch them training and taking the sport very seriously as a career. So. That's awesome. I had no idea she was a. Um, she, she's a driver as well as an interior designer. I, or? I would expect so. I don't think I could just hop in an F one car and drive it around. Right. Totally. I, I remember reading somewhere she was like the first member of like the the Saudi uh, Arabian Motorsport Federation or first female member. Sorry. Of okay. Maybe that's it. But this seems to be things, a campaign of hers for a while. So right. Um. Her. Uh, there's one photograph that I saw a couple of days ago that was. Um, like it's like you should have it framed it's such a good picture it's her in the car with her helmet on and she's just like you know smizing <laughs> like uh-huh. she's like smiling with her eyes and her eyes have been like she has mascara on and it's just it's fantastic it's just like wow. the most like like striking uh, uh she's like has such a striking image uh, and it's just her eyes uh, looking at it uh, between the visor it's, it's terrific yeah i mean formula e going there is um i don't know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to interpret that and uh and think about it but hopefully they'll use it as an opportunity to say like look we have a female team principal uh i wish they had 
some female, female drivers, drivers yeah, still totally. in the series they used to. Absolutely, they did first season. Uh, there was two, um, and did really well. So, and there there was ones after that as well, but there isn't this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, like fucking at the end of the day, like I would love that as well. I feel like motorsports is one of the most bloodthirsty, money-friendly things in the world, and nothing stopped them from going to Bahrain, uh, except that one year where they quit. Um, nothing stopped them from going to Abu Dhabi. Nothing stopped them from going to any of these countries with, you know, um, interesting, you know, uh, human rights issues. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of not surprised they've ended up going. And I'm not like I'm not saying everyone in Saudi Arabia is a bad person. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm not saying that about no. uh, Bahrain or about uh, the Emirates or any of that. Um, uh, I'm not. You know, you could argue similar things against Wiser one in America. You know what I mean with with foreign policy. Well, you can you can look at the world through whatever lens you want to. But like, there's no part of me that's surprised that they've turned. You know, Saudi Arabia is going to want to turn this thing into a PR spin. They're like, look, we're doing a good thing. We're allowing yes. you know women to drive cars. Next, we'll you know, fucking, I don't know, do something the rest of the world did fucking 100 years ago. Uh, look at us, we're great. So they're going to try and turn it into a positive thing. So I can see why this would align with Formula E's like, hey, let's get around the world to as many different markets as, as we can. Um, or uh, so, but, to, but also to, I mean, uh, to give Formula E a little credit to, um, they have a, a progressive slant to their whole series. Yeah. It's and they're they're racing electric cars in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they in, in the, earned all their the, money from oil. In the crown jewel of the of the the, the Emirati oil business, yeah, for sure. Um, or at least, sort of traditionally, at least. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's it's probably a good fit in many ways, right? Like doing it in in, in there. Uh, have they ever done one in? I'm trying, has there been one in China? I feel like there has, hasn't there? Uh yeah, I think they do a, a Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. That so right? Shanghai, that's yeah, that, that sounds right to me. So that obviously makes sense as well because of the smog problem. So yeah, I guess like any way they can align that stuff is is good. Um, I'm up for it. I'm up for new locations because they now that they do all this doubling up all the time. Um, we've had a lot of like repeated circuits, and obviously we've already been to New York and a lot of these places, London, and they're fun tracks, but it's always good to have a new one, especially as the Formula E calendar is shorter than the uh, Formula One one. Indeed. Um, okay, back to where did my news tab go, Danny? It disappeared. It is. Okay, here it is. <laughs> um... Let's see. Mm, speaking of people driving F1 cars that are old, uh, Billy Monger, the <laughs> Formula 3 driver who um, lost part of both of his legs in ah, a yes. Formula 4 accident, uh, was surprised with a test in a uh, 2011 Sauber F1 car. Oh, that's cool. He has a tweet on his Twitter account that says, like, I wasn't expecting to drive an F1 car today, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> the car has been adapted with hand controls to allow, this is from racefans.net, of course, uh, to allow Monger to operate it. One of the clutch paddles on the steering wheel has been replaced with a throttle. Uh, the Sauber cool. C30 was raced by Sergio Perez, Kamui Kobayashi, and Pedro de la Rosa in the 2011 F1 season. That's awesome. Um, there was another one I saw that was uh, sent via an email, actually. I might as well uh, get this one out of the way from Ken Jenkins, um, which was uh, uh, David Croft, the uh, Formula One commentator, um, who I met once. Who I did a, I did a, when I worked at GameSpot UK, I did like a tire uh, pit stop sort of test. They went around to 
uh, as part of a junket for the Formula One game to all the games press people. And I had the best time when he left. I'm not, I bet some of the Eurogamer beat me, though. They're all good at driving games. Um, <laughs> but uh, he drove, a, a, I want to say, an old Lotus. Um, and for some reason, Pastor Maldonado was there, too. What? Yeah, it was bizarre. I don't think they ever contextualized why he was there. I guess he's just, like, helping out with Lotus still. Uh, although I'm, maybe this was recorded last year. I've... I have no idea what was what was going on exactly. Wow. But, um, Crofty got to race a car, which is pretty cool. Um, and he blew him away. First time ever in an F1 car. That's great. Mm. Um, and finally, Formula 2 cars uh, apparently suck this year. I have not oh, been watching Formula 2. Did you 2. watch this race? No. I did not watch it. I have, I have had at least five people reach out and say you have to watch the race that was on before. Okay. It was a part. Do you have any idea where, where you can watch those? Uh, ESPN, I think. Oh, oh, God damn it. Do you have any idea where cord cutting losers like me. I think the Formula One TV things? app has it. Oh, you think? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. You, you, I'll look at that. You keep going. Uh, well, I mean, I think I might be talking about this race. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it vague, though. Uh, the, apparently, just a plethora of mechanical issues have been happening all season. Um, and finally, one of the drivers just snapped and is like, look, you're, play, you're playing with our careers. Let's see. He's uh, wow. he's Haas F1 junior driver, Arjun Miney. Miney, more like. Miney. Uh, okay. He says they're, he's talking with motorsport.com. They're, they, being the... Uh, I guess organizers of um, Formula Two are just playing with our careers. It's so the thing is, this is a, it's a spec series, which means all the cars are theoretically the same. Mm. Um, I don't understand why they can't go with the test car. Uh, we are in weekend five now. I think he's saying that, um, why don't they test these cars more? It's an absolute joke. This weekend, uh, the result is making me look like a complete amateur. It's not fair on me, and it's not fair on the other drivers that have problems. Uh, F2 organizers responded to a request for comment following Maney's remarks. Quote, after we were made aware of Arjun Maney's comments, we understand that he is complaining about an engine performance issue. Read a short statement supplied to motorsport.com. Therefore, we are quite surprised that we have not received a request for an official power check made on a dyno. So oh, they're clearly <laughs> like doubling down on, nope, not us. Huh. But uh, yeah, things are not going smoothly in Formula Two. Yeah, I wonder apparently. why people told me to watch it. I feel like I'm going to blame the World Cup again. It's just too much sport going on right now. Yeah. Drew. I, I wish I'd, I have had more time to have watched the World Cup. But there's still there's still some soccer to go around, right? There's st- we are still soccering. We are sucking it to them. Uh, they're over halfway at this stage, but uh, uh, the, the the they got a little bit more spaced out now. How about okay. that? Okay. Yeah. The uh, the the games do it's not no longer th- six a day or whatever or three a day um uh, f1 tv uh i am trying to acquire um the information have you used it at all i forgot are you using yeah. it at all you yeah i've it? used it uh i don't know that i've watched an entire race on it though right um i find i find like it's it's working all right but um like i said i did have that issue with the the, the live version of it um i'm looking at championship races they have all the races here results i'm not okay you know what i'm not gonna i'll just keep looking here while you're going through the news okay uh that, that's kind of it for news but i did want to check in real quick with uh the shift f1 formula one fantasy Uh-oh. league Uh-oh. uh 
I am still uh, way deep. I think we've got 300-something people playing. If you would like to join us, it is free, uh, and you can sign up on Formula1.com. Uh, our league invite code is 0B62FE. Oh. Yeah. It's a good one. Yep. Um, and out in front, first place with 872 points is Bobby Gondo Racing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just really wanted to read these team names. Uh, followed behind them is Single Seater Wankers. <laughs> That's really good. I like that one. Uh, and then from third, place, from <laughs> third place is Speedy McCready's. Okay, that's strong. Fourth place strong. is Go F1 Yourself. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, a bit crass, in, but I like in, it. In fifth place, Haas Tax Fraud. <laughs> okay. Which uh, is from Canada, so I'm calling mm. uh, collusion there. Uh, and then we've got Trendsetters, The Boys, Zagreb F1, Hypersoft Heist, and in 10th place, Yachting with Kimmy. Oh, that's good. I like that. I yeah. hope they do better. Yes. I'm in 187th place. Oh, gosh. I've also been playing way too much of the Formula One trading card game, which oh, is out of beta. Really? Oh, oh, yes. God. Is, it's, it, is it full release now? It is full. Yes. It is a uh, gamma release. <laughs> Uh, it's fu- it's fine. It's very fine. I don't there know. You go stick it on the box. F one trading card game. Very fine. Uh, I cannot find Formula Two on the F one app, so either I've gone mental or uh, it's not available there. Weird. So I guess I'm getting ESPN. Okay. Uh, let's run down the driver standings, shall we? Do it. With the French GP in the books now, Lewis Hamilton is on top with 145 puntos. Behind him is Sebastian Vettel with 131. Daniel Rick coming up third place with 96, ahead of Valtteri Bottas in fourth with 92. Kimi right. Raikkonen's got 83. Verstappen in sixth place with 68. Nico Hulkenberg is a fair bit behind with 34 points in seventh place. Fernando Alonso in eighth with 32 pretty incredible considering uh yeah. he came in absolute last place uh in france carlos Sainz is in sixth place with 28 points one point behind him is kevin kevin magnuson pierre gasly in 11th with 18th sergio perez in 12th with 17 esteban and ocon and charles leclerc have 11 points leclerc equaling the total career points of his teammate marcus erickson Woo. uh Salva van Dorn is in 15th with eight points, Lance Stroll has four. Marcus Erickson with two. Uh, and Brendan Hartley with one point. Roman Grosjean and Sergei Sorokin. Come on, Roman. Buddies. Come on, Roman. Come on, man. You got to do it. Oh. Get, get a point in the board. What's going on? Yeah. He's oh. been in the league a while. Sergei's a rookie. Bunch of Ks. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Sergei can't. Nothing he can do about it. Uh, Mercedes, the team, is on top with 237. Ferrari right behind with 214. Red Bull is in third with 164. Renault's in fourth with 62. McLaren has 40. Force India with 28. Haas, Gene House, with 27. Right behind. Scuderia Toro Rosso with 19. Sauber Ferrari with 13. And Williams Mercedes with four. Hmm. So, yeah, fair play to Danny Rick getting in third spot. Leapfrog and Valtteri. As it were, and uh, Max is catching up on Kimmy too. So, some little battles going on there. Yeah. All around the world, Danny. You think there's some races going on? 
around this world you speak of? There are. Should we perhaps race around the way? Formula 2 is back yet again for uh, its support of Formula 1 at the Red Bull Ring this weekend. We got Saturday and Sunday races because that's how they roll. It's called Formula 2 for a reason. Uh, the IMSA WeatherTech Championship is at Watkins Glen International Raceway in, uh, where is this place? Oh, yeah, New York. Uh, for six hours at the Glen. It's my favorite Glen. It's among my favorite Glens. Top five Glens. You got a lot of Glens. Aren't there a yeah, lot of Glens? Yeah, I went, to school with like, I went to school with like five Glens. It's a pretty okay. common name. Yeah. Uh, MotoGP is in uh, TT Circuit Assen. I... Oh. I don't know if this has a like. I'm not as dialed into the MotoGP community, but right. I, I don't know if uh, TT Assen in the Netherlands has yes. a reputation for producing absolute bangers of races. But the last three that I have watched have all been absolutely insane. Oh, really? Yeah. So what, you, in Assen or the last three MotoGP races? The last three Assen races oh, really? in okay. MotoGP. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, MotoGP is a good time. Super GT is back. Ooh, I thought that was Super Formula coming. We're at the Chang International Circuit in Thailand. Thailand. For the Buriam United Super GT Race 300 kilometers. Buriam. And Danny. Yes, true. It's the Monster NASCAR Cup time. Monster Energy Drink? That's right, the very not, same. It's not sponsored by actual monsters. Well... You, like ma- Gojira? I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny, but Jack I do Jagar? know that we are at the Chicagoland Speedway in, you Chicago? guessed it, Elwood, <laughs> Illinois. Oh my God. For Ill. the Overton's 400. What's Overton's? I I'm have American. I no know. earthly idea. Overton's. I'm Googling it. I'm going to guess it's some sort of store. It's a boating marine equipment store. Great. America's Fishing Marine and Water Sports. Super, whoa, Water Sports. Kinky. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, buy your your piss mop at over <laughs> Okay. And the Austrian Grand Prix, Danny. Uh, is June 29th, Friday. That's first practice at 2 a.m. Pacific time, followed by seven, second, not seventh, second practice. At 6 a.m. Uh, on Saturday, Shudder. third practice kicks off at 3 a.m., followed by qualifying at 6 a.m. And the race, Danny, the 1st of July at 6.10. 6.10 a.m. 10 minutes for a national anthem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how long the Austrian one is, but there you go. Who knows? Some of them are real long. Speaking of long things, you want to check out some emails? I have read out all of the emails. We got, Great. we got a, we, okay, actually, that's not true. We got two emails that are from people who did not want them written out on the show. Okay. <laughs> they were really good emails. I will tell you about them after the show, but both of them said, P.S., can you not uh, say these after the show? So thank you. Uh, to I'm not even sure if I should say their names at this stage, so I won't. But thank you for the email. Actually, one of them is about an email, which was, it was really good. Maybe if you ever meet us in real life, uh, walking down the street, and you want to know about the email that one time that we couldn't talk about <laughs> on the show, ask me. Okay, there we go. 
Uh, all right. Um, thanks to Bobby Gondo. Oh my gosh, it's him. The 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 current leader in the Shift F1 fantasy team, aka oh Sion Roberts at Bobby Gondo on Twitter. Thanks for sending us uh, the fact that Lando Norris, who is in the McLaren uh, ecosystem, and I think he's currently racing in Formula Two. Uh, yes, he's McLaren's testing reserve driver racing in Formula 2 with Carlin Racing. Uh, he is also a PUBG streamer. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to send us stuff, you can get to uh, f1.cool slash emails. Yep, uh, or standard, you can, standard way to email people. Yep, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, uh, follow Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I'm at Drew Scanlon. He is at Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, uh, as always, you can find our show notes on F1.cool and in your podcast app. Until next time, I am Drew Scanlon. He is Danny O'Dwyer. If you'd like to support us, we are both on Patreon. Danny at patreon.com slash noclip. Me at patreon.com slash clothmap. Anything else? Danny? No. Looking forward to the uh, the second round in this uh the second bell in this three bells of of F1 deliciousness we have to look forward to uh, this month. Uh, let's hopefully we'll get something a little bit spicier than than, than France. Uh, Austrians are known for their spice. They sure are. That's what the Spice Girls are from there. Yep, it's chicken tikka masala. Let's do this. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Yeah.